What's going on? This is Dewey from Piss Poor, and you're listening to Local Locus. No, but seriously, welcome to... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but seriously, guys. <laughs> Enough joshing around. <laughs> welcome to Local Locus Podcast. The podcast where we put the spotlight on local and underground heavy music. I'm actual Jake. And I'm also Jake. Today is June 2nd, and you just clicked play on hashtag the locust, hashtag wizard storm, hashtag spoilers. I'm actually used to it, I lied earlier. Dude, I... <laughs> I just want to come clean about that. Last week in episode 10, we had the pleasure of sharing a good variety of styles from some great bands, from some prog metal with Uriel to some more uh, of a metalcore sound with Toothless and words from Aztecs. So go check that one out if it slipped under your radar. But as far as this week, uh, what kind of bands do you have for us today, Jake? Give us a little teaser. Well, I've got some good old Jake-esque folk-type metal music, and some. I think we're going to come up with a new genre on this one today also. I've, I've, been, I've been coining the term <laughs> post-doom <laughs> metal. Post Doom? Post Doom. That's what I'm working on. Right. A little bit. Post Doom Core, maybe? Okay. <laughs> Ask me what I brought. Oh, Ask Doom. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I, know. I figured I'd, you know, just go with it. All right, Houston. What bands did you bring for us? I'm glad you asked, Jake. One of my bands this week is actually a local Locus alumnus, which means we've talked about him before. That's a melodic metalcore slash metallic hardcore band from Japan. Can't wait to dig back into those guys. My other band is going to be another Metallic Hardcore band. <laughs> uh, the classic Houston's back, baby. <laughs> also like a aesthetic beatdown hardcore band. I would say they sound different than the first. Uh, they're from Texas. Oh, so we shouldn't say anything bad about Texas. But uh, yeah, we'll get to that when we get to that. But before we get into our bands this week... We'd like to give a little shout-out. If you're listening to me in Houston right now, you're probably interested in podcasts and underground music as a whole. And that's why we'd like to take a second to give a shout-out to another podcast we think you might like. So this month, Next Big Thing with Alyssa Keeles debuted through Anchor, the same platform that we use to publish Local Locus. Next Big Thing is a one-host interview format podcast that also puts the spotlight on up-and-coming bands, especially rock and pop bands. Uh, usually a pretty uh, lighter than what we talk about here on Local Locus. Yeah, we still got the, the heavy front, right? We got the heavy boys. So I actually found Next Big Thing while researching the Welsh alt-rock slash stoner punk band Scavengers. By the way, they did okay that term. I got a direct message from them saying that they like it. Okay, so stoner punk sticks from now on. But when I was researching Scavengers for the last episode of Local Locus, I found Next Big Thing, and I thought it was a really fun listen. So I reached out to Alyssa, and I asked if she wanted to kind of just trade shoutouts and hopefully just cross-pollinate our listeners a little bit. What I really liked about Next Big Thing is it genuinely puts the spotlight on her guests. So Alyssa does a good job of introducing the band members and then just stepping back and like really letting the bands do the talking, which if you've ever listened to an interview episode of Local Locus, you'll know is something that I sometimes tend to struggle with. I'll be the one talking. Um, in the middle of someone else's interview. Alyssa does a really good job of putting the spotlight on her guests. So if you're in underground music, maybe you want to hear some more bands, especially of a different style than we usually talk about here, we would definitely recommend checking out Next Big Thing. 
If you want to find her, you can find her on Twitter and links to all of the places where she publishes at NB Thing Podcast. So yeah, when you're done listening to us or this episode specifically, go check her out on Next Big Thing on Spotify. So anyways, let's jump right into it. My first band I brought is a band called Atavistia with their new The Winter Way. And before we jump into this, here's a little clip from their song, Through the Hollow Raven's Eyes. Nine and a half minute single, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, this is uh, <laughs> this is about as metal as it gets, right? <laughs> This is so big. This is so big. Yeah, it's it, it's like just powerful music, I think is the best way you know, to describe it. What were your first thoughts when you were listening to this? I, I'm probably, I bet you're not too shocked that I picked something like this based on some of the bands I listened to, but what was like your first thought listening to it? Okay, so I, so I pull up the record to take a listen to it on Spotify, and it is over an hour long. It's an hour, it's 61 minutes long. And so I go ahead, I click play, and the first track from the Ancient Stones comes on, which is this like epic intro, like from an Elder Scrolls game or something. It's this like epic fantasy ambience, and like half the instruments God ever made. And I'm just sitting there like, <laughs> oh Lord, what has Jake done? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is going to be huge, dude. Yeah, this is one of those fun albums that like, you know, it's not like you necessarily pick out a song per se, if that, if I'm wording that right. It's almost like, it's one of like the classic throwbacks to like just sitting down and listening to a whole record. Or at least that's how I felt with it. Yeah. Both the bands that you are bringing this week, without spoiling too much, are full album experiences. Like, yeah, I the agree. The songs, as you mentioned, on this record are like... The shortest track is like three minutes. That's the first one I mentioned, which is sort of like an intro track. Other than that, the next shortest track is almost nine minutes long. The longest track being a little over ten minutes. So let me put it in perspective this way. One of these songs is about the entire length of the Toothless record that you brought last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like uh, compared, it's like a full 180 from what I did last week of like the bands I brought. But yeah, anyways, uh, about the genre, what I loved about this is it, it feels a little hard to just call it folk, like symphonic power. Like it feels almost like they brought a lot of the best parts a lot of metal genres have to offer, and like took the good parts. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know about you, but I even hear like some black metal influence, some symphonic, some folk, some obviously, I think maybe it might be best to wrap it up maybe it's like a power metal in a way, but I feel like that doesn't do it justice because it doesn't have that cheese of power metal, at least in my opinion, you know? Yeah, like it borders on it with like the variety of instruments it has. Like I was scared when I clicked play and I listened for just a few seconds that it was gonna be cheesy, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say that it borders on it because it really does lean more towards like a melodic death metal in its general approach with all of these flavors thrown on top there. Like the instrumentation has everything, like I mentioned as well. It's got like everything from like regular metal instruments like guitar, drums. It's a fretless bass as a side note. Um, it's got like electronic and like synths 
orchestral flutes, strings, chimes and shit. It's just a massive, huge, full soundscape that isn't cheesy, though. So, like, I see where you're, like, hesitant with power metal. Yeah, it's just, I don't want to give it that. And I'm not even knocking power metal, but I don't want to give it the full cheese, you know, aspect that can kind of go with a lot of power metal bands. I think the best way to describe this album is, like, an epic sound. It almost makes you feel like doing some fucking heroic stuff or something while listening to it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely a fantasy atmosphere. I mean, for me and you, I mean, we're both fucking nerds about a lot of shit. But, you know, if you're not picturing, like, landscapes from Skyrim or, you know. Yeah, I would say that sonically, the Winter Way kind of creates an atmosphere and, like, creates a world. I was wondering if it's actually canon. Like, I don't know, but... Let me know if you got this feeling too. I thought that maybe there was like a canon world and Atavistia being the band name was also a a fantasy place that they made up because uh, that's the feeling I got from the atmosphere building and the first few tracks and the song title, um, like the Atavistic Forest is that second or third track. Yeah. Um, So when the song towards the end, the second to last track, the Forbidden One came on and it just has this completely dissonant vibe. It has like some more like harmonic minor tonality. I was like, oh, fuck, what's going on in Atavistia, dude? Like, it was like this epic <laughs> yeah, boss battle. Yeah. Like, Yeah, it's like, told the story. Did you get the same feeling about, like, a world building? Absolutely, and that that's kind of what I was going about, about picturing landscapes and stuff. It's like, I had a lot of mental images running in my head while listening to it. You know what I mean? Like, my own just kind of imagination going wild with it. Whereas, like, some bands I listen to, you know, I'm sure you get this sometimes, but, like, as someone who plays guitar, sometimes, like, the vision I get listening to music is just like, oh, this would be fun to just fucking, you know, mosh out to and play. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like this, yeah, it's like you're just in a whole nother world, basically. Yeah, like Narnia or something where it's cold. You know, like I, I physically felt cold at some moments, like picturing this <laughs> winter atmosphere where it's snowy and there's like snowberries and flowers poking through a new uh, blanket of frost. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Vlad's still making that meat <laughs> from old Adavistia. <laughs> <laughs> For fans of, do you have anything that you could throw out there that you think is like um, halfway accurate? Shit, you know, it's like it, I I would almost just rather say for fans of certain genres, you know, and because it's like I said, it's pretty fresh in the way of the sense like I think they wear some of the genre influences on their sleeve, you know, like I think some of the stuff's kind of like oh, it's from that genre or that genre, but I don't fully get a band per se from them. Maybe like something like Nightwish, but it's not as, you know, I think this is a lot better than that band, you know? Yeah, Nightwish was on my list, but I scrapped them because Nightwish isn't as heavy. Like, a lot of, like, fantasy and folk metal compromises heaviness. Like, just general, you know, the drums are going, the, the double kick and everything in a way that is actually meaningful, not just, like, this gimmicky, which is sometimes, I hate to, like, insult bands, but, like, sometimes they're trying to be gimmicky. I don't think this band's trying to be gimmicky, and I don't think they come off that way, which is why I wouldn't put them in the same boat as, like, Nightwish or, like, Alestorm, right? Yeah, see, but it, it's a weird thing where I would say fans of those bands may like this band. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, it's definitely more of a headbanger than a lot of those bands, you know? And it's not got the... And like you said, like Ailstorm and bands like that, they obviously like don't care that it's a little gimmicky. That's part of the fun of it, you know? Exactly. Yeah, this is a record with a serious tone to it, you know, without being like obviously way too serious, you know? 
I thought some bands that I would throw out there, not to equate them, but to call some similarities. Amana Marth, I saw in like the actual like core metal element of it, like the riffs and like the drums. I thought sounded like good, powerful mellow death. Yeah. So Amana Marth, and then the other bands for Atmosphere, Winter Sun, Falsiferum. Those are bands that also had the same like mellow death core with this big atmosphere. So. Oh, and I should throw out there, because I think I forgot to in a little bit of the bio, but uh, these guys are from uh, Vancouver over in Canada. I feel like it's worth throwing that out. They're writing an album about the cold. I'm sure they know a lot about the cold. <laughs> <laughs> they have the ethos to make this rhetorical argument. Exactly, exactly. They're not faking it, you know? I don't know what any of that big brain comm major stuff meant, but... <laughs> I know from my political background that uh, Canada is indeed a country. <laughs> <laughs> and they're from there. So. I think that's a good enough segue as we're going to get on this podcast. What band did you bring, Houston? <laughs> so. Now that we've talked about our first band, Atavistia, and their new 61-minute record, The Winter Way, I want to get into a band, like I said, that is an alumnus here. It's a band we've talked about before, back on episode one. And so I want to take a detour here and just say, if you've been listening since episode one, or you've heard episode one and maybe skipped some in between then and now, first of all, thank you very much. It means a lot to us. Secondly, if you haven't listened to episode one, do not go back and listen to it now. I was listening to episode <laughs> one. The sound quality and all, like the editing, the pacing. Maybe you're sitting here thinking all this shit is bad now, but like, boy, was it bad then. So, <laughs> The most honest podcast on Spotify. Listen, if you guys are listening now and you enjoy us, do not listen to our back catalog. <laughs> <laughs> Just stay tuned for the next episode. <laughs> but anyways, this is Heart Place. They're from Japan. And last year, we talked about Heart Place right after they released their debut LP called Air. Now, I don't want to make a habit out of repeating bands, but I decided somewhat last minute not to bring one album that I was going to bring from a different band. And I knew Heart Place had dropped a new single back in December of last year, and I knew that they were super nice guys that I was proud to have recommended before. So I checked up on them, and I saw that Sode was out, and I was like, fuck it. Let's just hit up Heart Place again, because, you know, Air was dope. I do still spin the collapse every once in a while, and so that's why I'm bringing them. I don't want to make a habit out of it, though. So they were on my mind, and I went and looked, and I was like, dude, their new album, it's called Sewed, S-E-W-E-D. The song I want to show you guys is off their new LP. It's called Resonance. I don't want to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. That's the thing about these little teasers is I hope that if you're listening, you you hear these little teasers and you're like, dude, I want to hear what the fuck happens next. M- much like our podcast, as we were <laughs> joking about. Dude, and Heart Place was good before, but I felt a real sense of maturity with this record. I think this like, you know, took the sound they were going for and really matured it. And I really dug this one a lot. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with you. But I would also say they didn't stray from anything they were doing. They doubled down on all the good things. So if you liked it before, I think you'll like it again. And also, that means that my fur fans of are a lot of the same bands. The two bands I think are like the strongest comparisons, especially to that sound that I love most from that segment I just played there in Resonance. Um, the two bands are Counterparts and The Ghost Inside. You know, funny enough, I was talking about how, <laughs> you know, we were talking earlier about how I just now kind of started listening to The Ghost Inside a bit. And it's like all I was picturing listening to this record. Yeah. So that that's a big one. For sure, if you like that sound, you would like really enjoy this band. Yeah, it's very like melodic and atmospheric. The tonality that they're playing in is very like sad. You know, this is like that sad boy core, which is ex- which is also what people call um, counterparts. <laughs> Another band I compared them to last year was Crystal Lake. A little bit wishy-washy on that one now because the some of the screaming on Sode I think sounds very similar to some of the screaming that Rio does in Crystal Lake, but the music is definitely a little bit different. But you know, if you're a fan of like Japanese hardcore, Japanese metalcore. Heart Place is a band to definitely give the light of day. They're not exact similarities. Like, you can definitely see them, you know, doing some tour together or something. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That'd be sick. I think where we got the Crystal Lake thing also was some of their songs have those, like, little moments of sad boy. Yeah. Like, I was kind of hearing, like, a little bit of that song Devil Cry in it right there. Crystal Lake seems to just get a little more angry, (laughs) (laughs) you know, than uh, Heart Place at times. But, yeah, and I think you... uh, What's the word? Hit the nail in the coffin on that one? Hit the nail on the head? <laughs> hammer, hammer coffin? Hammer smash coffin, that's it. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, when I was saying their sound matured, I meant like they're finding their sound, and, and I, you basically said the same thing, but they figured out what worked and just kept with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the best uh, thing we need to really touch on is, was it today I sent it to you or yesterday, but... I think we both agreed that Heart Place is just a vibe, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's a it's a like it's a really like you know how we talked about with Atavistia being like almost you're picturing this like epic landscape and stuff? Heart Place is for the emotions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's for like you kinda look into yourself a bit. Yeah, it's very somber, melancholic. It's like you can just click play at the start of the record. And the tracks tend to blur together a little bit. That's one thing I'll say. There's some standout tracks, especially the first few. And then there's some break, There's some tracks that break up the flow nicely. But in general, if you just click play at the start and listen all the way through, the, the record will end about half an hour later. And you'll just be like, oh, shit, what happened, dude? Like, you'd just be like slightly sadder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the uh, it's like the Japanese core edition of lo-fi hip-hop beats to chill and study to. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lo-fi, melancholic Japanese core to play Stardew Valley to. Yeah. <laughs> For fans of... Yeah, your fans of is even other bands. For fans of Stardew Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Now that we're featuring Heart Place again, I looked back at some of their socials, and let me just say, I'm proud to announce that they have three times as many Facebook followers and three times as many Instagram followers as they used to have a little over a year ago, which is just something I love to be able to say. I think that if you like one of the bands that we talk about, know that we tag them in our Facebook and Instagram posts whenever we we publish the episodes. If you just click that link and give them a follow, that'd be pretty cool. It might not be a big deal for you or even for them. 
but it means the most early in a band's career. So like, you know, if you follow Parkway Drive, you get to see all the updates and, and shit from their tours and all their fucking pyrotechnics and that's badass. But I think a drop in a bucket seems bigger than a drop in the ocean. And that's what you're doing when you follow early. It's really cool to see how much they've grown in just a year and that they've released two LPs in just basically like 12 months or something like that, or maybe even less. Yeah, it's probably less if it was in February they dropped this. That's actually pretty crazy to triple it by then. So yeah, if you like Sad Boy Core, if you like uh, listening to not just a band, but also a vibe, check out Heart Place with their semi-new LP out February called Sode. That song was Resonance. Uh, Jake, let's move into this other band you got for us. All right, we're jumping from the vibe to the groove on this one. <laughs> <laughs> the band I'm bringing is called Lesser Glow, and they are from Boston, which, if you didn't know, is in America. I've been told by my sources. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went to college! <laughs> Yeah, this is the one that I said I'm going to make up a genre, even though it's probably absolutely not necessary, but they're going under post-Doomcore for right now. <laughs> I'm on board, mostly. I'm a little hesitant about the core, but we can talk about that after you let us listen to this the, song. The core, listen, the core is absolutely not meant to be there, do you know what I mean? It's just, if I say the word post and core isn't at the end of it... It just doesn't seem like a real genre. I don't want to be making stuff up here, you know? Post and core are just bred to this genre sandwich. But yeah, anyways, the song I'm bringing is, as I always do, is something I'm going to have a hard time pronouncing. (laughs) (laughs) This is uh, a song off their new album called Nullity. This song's called Red Irig. I would trip to this record. Like, this seems like the kind of album that you—it's so easy to fall into it. It's got this great groove to it, but whereas the Heart Place was only melancholic, this one almost feels like bleak. Do you know what I mean? It's got this bleak sound to it, like throughout the whole album. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Yeah, and it feels like—I think you touched on this in the last one—but did it just feel like every song bled into the next one, like on each one? You know what I mean? Just like going right into the next one like this is all just like one huge song i remember thinking like i was maybe like 15 minutes into it which is only like barely into the third song and i'm like how the fuck is jake gonna find a 30 second clip that sums this up dude this is like a 140 minute song basically yeah it's impossible to you know find an exact spot to fill it in but as i was mentioning uh i feel like it feels doom metal at the heart of it like stoner metal yeah. in a way you know it's got that just groove to it but some parts of it get heavy you know what i mean which yeah that's what i was trying to showcase at the end there with some of those like the cleans kind of sound like uh do you remember the band i've another local locust alumni it sounds like they took high priest and just made it like 
filled with despair. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like they just turned up the heaviness, turned it into like a real fucking ominous, dark headbanger. Yeah, this this album does what my favorite uh, black albums do, where it just feels bleak and like you feel almost hopeless. But it does that while you're also nodding your head along to it because you enjoy the two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, this is this is nice. I'm like you know getting into this but it's also you realize it's like almost dragging you into a hole yeah because it really is so somber and pensive my for fans of list you know isn't completely accurate obviously and also because i mostly listen to core music but <laughs> the two two bands that came to mind are like caligula's horse and uh black crown initiative but like more laid back while also being more heavy it's hard to explain because like a lot of times people associate heaviness with like speed, ferocity, but this was just like heavy. I also thought it was like like a more ominous and more foreboding Rivers of Nile. I thought it kind of had that sort of progressive death, doom, ambient yeah. atmosphere as well. It felt like um, one band that I don't know why stuck out, and you may agree or disagree, but uh, on some of the more, I guess you would call them clean vocals on the record... I got almost like a Deftones vibe, like that era of music, like almost yeah. from like the vocal melodies and stuff, but definitely not like, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's for fans of Deftones by any means. One little thing I looked into is they are signed to a small record label called Pelagic Records, and on that label's website, where they've got a bunch of their bands listed, this is a bit of a quote they wrote, the label wrote, our philosophy is to release only a few records a year and to maintain high standards of quality and aesthetics. And they say basically any genre as long as the music is, quote, genuine and challenging and the art is inspiring and moving. And they really emphasize, Pelagic Records really emphasizes the album as an art form in the wake of like this digital platform preference for singles. And I think that, you know, whether you think that that's like a righteous goal, they definitely picked the right band when they picked Lesser Glow with Nullity. Because it, I think this record is really fulfilling that goal. For sure. it's It wasn't scared to like try things. And I think it just worked out really well. I know this album's going to be played a ton when it starts hitting like fall and winter. And I don't even know why. But it just gets like that. It fills that mood. But yeah, I would totally give this one a listen for fans of any type of uh, doom metal. Like the stoner metal, which is just doom metal about, you know fucking pot <laughs> in case the stoners out there didn't know that doom metal was a thing though and they're like doom sounds scary <laughs> <laughs> that was the song red a rag off the new album nullity by lesser glow and i feel like that's a good point for us to bring in the breakdown of the week what'd you bring for us houston breakdown of the Alrighty. Okay, so for our last band, our breakdown of the week, really um, really bringing up the tempo here a bit for some more beatdown, okay? This is that beatdown new metalcore, metallic hardcore that I was talking about in the intro. It's the same genre that I've been harping on ever since we came back. This band is from Austin, Texas, coming at you from the Hate 06, baby. <laughs> this band is called Piss Poor. Um, back at the beginning of May, they dropped a new EP uh, with Good Junkie Records called you were born to die a sinful lamb this song was not the single the actual single was called sob 
Exalted Among Nations. But this song I want to show you came out with the record. It's called Unfair Game, Know That I Am God. I have a lot to say about this record. I really liked it a lot, and I was hoping I would be able to bring it when the band finally got back to me. Um, I was ecstatic. So here's your breakdown of the week. Unfair Game by Piss Poor. Hear the rain destroy your heaven. Expose the leper in all his transgressions. I'll kill you by your fucking life. And then it's just like the swing beat to the same riff. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Can they do that? <laughs> Dude, there was two words for this whole album for me. Raw and aggression. I would recommend Piss Poor, who have released a couple EPs now. Uh, they've had a few songs before they released this uh, You Were Born to Die, a sinful lamb. I would recommend them for fans of Vane, Code Orange, Knocked Loose, maybe Kublai Khan and Burials as well, leaning towards the more chaotic, raw, as you said, side of modern uh, metalcore and hardcore. Yeah, it's... Whew, <laughs> it's a doozy. The first thing that got me from the album is I'm a big fan of those type of, like hardcore vocals where you can tell it's not necessarily technique they're singing from it's just that pure just like i'm gonna fucking scream at you type thing you know yeah dude i love that rather than that you know very controlled technique technical metal this is the sort of thing that really gets me going and i love what i love love the vocals on this album it is so fucking raw Unfortunately, it sounds like the sort of vocals that, like, if they did this every day, you know, for two years, this guy would not be able to fucking sing anymore. But that is what makes it so cool. The way it, like, builds up from that, like, just talking. He's literally just yelling. He's screaming. You know, I'm not saying there's no technique there, just to be clear. But, like, that moment is one where just, like, this raw, it is just, like, stripped of any preparation. It feels like he read about the issue that they're talking about. And just started to fucking yell about it, dude. And I love that. That's what I fucking love. There's a lot of emotion on this record. And speaking of the issue, this felt to me like a uh, album where they're really wanting a clear focus on the lyrics as well. Like, there's definitely a lot of lyrical themes that they're trying to get across to people. It seems like a very, uh, like, I guess I would call it like a conscious record. Yeah, it's. I, w- I say it's very socially aware. It seems religious in its theme, so I don't know exactly what it's talking about, but I believe it has something to do with uh, sexual abuse, especially in churches. So the band actually always tackles really serious issues, even in their uh, former releases. One of their older songs was called Boys Will Be Boys, which, despite its kind of goofy name, was all about like hazing and shit and fraternities and uses sound clips from a news broadcast about a boy who died from those activities. <laughs> shit, so yeah. they're like very heavy musically, but also very heavy lyrically and thematically. Like, they're doing that hardcore thing where they're really being like a social uh, venue for discussion on hot topics and things that really need to change. So in the traditional vein of hardcore punk-based genres like that. 
they're very much what I got the vibe of is like the hardcore, heavier version of like a silent planet when it comes to trying to, you know, get across issues and stuff. Yeah, definitely like a sense of social justice there and like using music as a medium for not just self-expression, but like um, an expression of important opinions and like, not that like everybody can't pretty much agree like sexual abuse of any nature is like it's like there's there's like 50 50 and half of the world's like i don't know i (laughs) think it's cool but like calling attention (laughs) to it through your music not using music as an escape from real world issues rather using it as a venue to discuss them and call them to attention and enforce yourself and others to look at these issues it's trying to purposely make you feel uncomfortable i think it's a it's solid for and i would say it also like you're like for fans of those bands in a lot of ways i would say they've picked up on more of the traditional hardcore sound as well compared to some of those other bands you mentioned it, it kept like more of a raw and especially like with the vocal type thing at least for me it sounded almost more punk <laughs> than it did metal in a lot of ways yeah it's definitely like hardcore punk um influenced as it comes into this metalcore domain but did you listen to this record from front to back at least once yeah, yeah, I did. So it's not too long. I definitely recommend doing that because I often complain about songs and albums that spend too much time, spend too much downtime with like, you know, too many tracks in between the quote unquote actual songs. Um, especially it bothers me when a, uh, a band will release songs, especially, especially when it's like a single edit, um, not even just on the record. Where like the first minute or the last minute of a song is just like dead air or like dead space or like a sound clip or something like that. Sometimes that can bother me. What I really appreciated about You Were Born to Die a Sinful Lamb is Piss Poor, they do all that stuff to kind of set the atmosphere with this like electronically modified voice and these like break beats and stuff as their own tracks. So all of the tracks on the record, if you're looking at the track list in front of you that have um, words in parentheses those are like the quote-unquote actual songs and so you can listen to it just like oh i really feel like listening to the the song that goes like you were born to die you know yeah and you can just click play on that one but if you want to listen to it from front to back the filler is there and i do think it's meaningful i like it i really like that they made it so you could do it both ways if you want to without having to like listen to the the filler and ambience if you don't want to yeah and I think we didn't really touch too much on it, but another big part of this record was that uh, electronic influence in it. That was like one of the first things that stood out to my ear listening to it. And they actually did it in a nice, tasteful, like, undertone way. Because to be honest, a lot of bands that do that kind of stuff, it, it usually turns me off a little bit for whatever reason, just not using it right. But it just felt like it was meant to be part of their sound for me when I was listening to it. Yeah. I think it's important to note that while they are, we obviously both notice this techno mixed around it. It is mixed around it, not into it. But yeah, it's like the record is um, like 16 minutes, like not even 20 minutes. And like four minutes of it are like that ambience and like the atmosphere setting in between filler tracks, like three out of seven songs. But I really do like that they keep it divided. You know, you can find a band with some really good songs. Like I've listened to most of what Varials and Kublai Khan have put out, and I picked the songs I thought really stood out. But what I like about Piss Poor is you can do that. You can take the songs a la carte. Now I'm running in circles. But you can take the songs <laughs> a la carte, 
or you can really just listen to the whole thing. And it's like an experience that goes somewhere and says something very targeted and very precise. Yeah, I like how deliberate this is as well. Yeah, so thanks again to the bands. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Piss Poor, Atavistia, Heart Place, and Lesser Glow. You guys should check out all these records. They're great, and they're all doing very different and unique things right now. And thanks to you guys for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for swimming against the mainstream with us at Local Locust, the podcast that puts the spotlight on local and underground heavy music. Follow our socials for updates and find other episodes by visiting locallocuspod.com. And if you want to catch up on Local Locust featured tunes or find any of the tracks mentioned in this episode, don't forget to look out for our official Local Locust podcast playlist on Spotify. If you or someone you know is looking for a feature, reach out to us on any of our socials or email us at locallocuspod at gmail.com. Big thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. Thanks.